Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. All right, we are live with a special mailbag edition of the Patriot Nation podcast. Uh, Spags, we're here. It's been it's been a while. It's been a while. We haven't been on for a while, but uh, summer is is rapidly approaching, and so uh, we got a few things to talk about. Yeah, for sure. No, we haven't done this since the draft. I've been pretty much uh, enjoying my time off. I haven't yep. looked too much into football, um, but I think everybody kind of needs that after after a long season like that. So, yep. Yeah, we're ready to go, and uh, you may have noticed, if you're watching on YouTube, you may have noticed uh, that uh, we it's a two-man show instead of a three-man show right now. That is because, as some of you probably already know, Keegan has accepted a job with Nesson and is currently killing it over there uh, at Nesson. Just totally crushing it, uh, just busting out. Um, we're proud of him. We feel like proud, proud fathers. I, dude, I really, I literally feel like a proud dad. It's pretty awesome. So he's, uh, he's killing it over there, uh, but his schedule is a little crazy right now, and so probably not going to be on the show. Not officially gone, uh, but, you know, it's going to be really difficult for him to make it. So for the majority of the time, he won't be around, but uh, he'll, he'll be, he's a Pat's Pulpa guy for life. So whenever he's around, he's, uh, he's, he, you know he's coming on the show. So, uh, so there's that. Also, tomorrow's my last day of school. Pretty exciting. Pretty exciting. Um, you know, off literally. So I, tomorrow's my last day of school, and then I'm leaving at six o'clock to fly to Disney. So it's pretty awesome. Um, so that that's a good way to good way to end the school year. But uh, I've had some I've had some good you know I had a good year this year. Um, a lot of great kids. Appreciate my D block has uh, has gotten our subscribers way up. We we started at like two seventy five, and we're over four hundred now. Uh, pretty much all because of uh, of D block. And Teddy specifically, Teddy wants to be the our our manager, but uh, you know he's got to wait a few years. Yeah, you know, maybe get out of high school first, and then and then maybe he can be he because I, I don't make enough money to have him be my manager. I'd be sending him you know ten cents a week or something like that. So uh, you know, but uh, but we appreciate all the work they've done, and uh, I had I had some good kids this year, so it's going to be it, it's a little bittersweet them leaving. Some kids are are moving on to a different high school. Some kids will you know will stick around, but I won't have them anymore. But at least I'll see them around the hallways. But uh, it's been it's been a good year, but uh, I think we're all ready for summer. So, uh, so you know, we're ready to go, ready to go for tomorrow, half day tomorrow. It's gonna be fun. So, so all right. With that being said, let's let's get into let's get into mailbag. We had some uh, we had some people submit questions over on uh, over on Twitter. Um, if you have any questions here, if you're watching and, and anything comes up, um, but uh, yep, thank you, Dark Blue Gold. Appreciate it. We're gonna be talking about the throwbacks as well. Actually, that's a good thing to bring up throwback throwback jerseys are coming back this year the twitter video was dope with uh with the delorean that was pretty awesome uh they can use them up to three times uh this year we would assume that they're home games I, they are playing again um in uh what's it called on thanksgiving and i think they wore them last last time in thanksgiving but thanksgiving i think 
do they wore them in Detroit for Thanksgiving? And I wonder if Detroit wore gold or black and they were, they wore, um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly how they do it, but I'm pretty sure when they played on Thanksgiving. So it's a possibility at least that they could wear red. If you know, Minnesota is going to wear like a black or a purple, it's unlikely, but it's at least a possibility. That would be cool. So, but either way, best, uh, best uniforms in football coming back this year for, uh, for, for sure. up to three yeah. games. So, so we'll see. Brady was pissed. It was, it was great with the, the Brady tweeted out the liar, liar gif of like, Oh, come on. That was good. So, so, anyway, so let's get right into it. Um, we'll get right into it. I'm going to start, we're going to start on the, uh, most of these questions are offensively. Um, but a few multiple people here was asking about kind of the Shanahan type offense and, you know, what that means as far as, you know, what it's going to look like moving forward. Of course, we don't know the answer to that. Right. But, but I do think like the simplification of the offense is going to help a lot. I mean, we've seen, you know, Jared freaking Goff made a Super Bowl right in this offense. Like it's Matt Ryan won an MVP, like Stafford just won the Super Bowl doing it. So like, this is the type of offense, and this you is the Jimmy new Go- way. You mean Jimmy Garoppolo, not Goff. Yeah, Garoppolo. Well, and Goff, too, but yes, oh. Jimmy Garoppolo, too. Go- oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Right, right. So, yeah. And uh, I think, was Shanahan on that team, on the Rams team? Or had some had some affiliation with it, cause of, right, because they both came from Washington? Yeah. So, like, similar offense. Not quite the yeah. same thing, but, you know, similar offense. But you're right, Jimmy G uh, with Shanahan got there, right? So, Matt Ryan, obviously MVP. So, um I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing for Mac Jones and for this offense to make it a little bit, uh, a little bit more user friendly, if if you will. Yeah, I think. I mean, they threw a lot at him as a rookie. You can only expect a lot more, um, you know, in year two. And I think everything you hear about him, anything they throw at him, he's able to to kind of accomplish and be able to 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 succeed under. Right. So um, we don't even know who's calling plays, who's running the offense. I mean, I would assume. You might see something like you see with the defense with, um, you know, Mayo and Belichick. Maybe it's kind of a two-man job. And, and you know, maybe as the year goes on, Bill kind of lo- lets the leash a little bit longer. But I think Belichick will have a lot to do with the offensive side of the ball, right? Like this is just mini camp and we haven't seen much from training camp, not even a preseason game. So you don't want to speculate too much. But, um, you know, I think they have the pieces to run that sort of offense. I think it would help them. Um, score more points, be more efficient, right? Like you have guys like Kendrick Bourne who can make plays with the ball in his hands. Who knows how they kind of use Tyquan Thornton, if he's going to play it much as a rookie. He saw him at minicamp, really thin, um, kind of frail, obviously a crowded wide receiver room. Nelson Aguilar looks to be, you know, here for the, for, for at least this year, right? Obviously the big cap hit and the contract. And I think he's really good in that room. I think he's somebody that, you know, although, um, you know, people are, varying opinions on his play. I think he's really good in terms of his veteran leadership and somebody that, you know, understands the game well. Um, so long story short, um, I think they have the pieces to be able to do it, but it's still so early to tell. But I think, um, you know, all you Josh McDaniels haters that used to complain and complain and complain, you're going to see some growing pains, I think, early on with what it's like to not have maybe, you know, a bona fide offensive coordinator, somebody that's had success in the league for a really, really long time. Right. Um, but with that being said, maybe it was time for a new system and, and some new voices in there. Who knows? Yeah, no, I agree. So, uh, and we have a few kind of, and again, like questions kind of melding together here about the Shanahan offense and, you know, and, and these young rookie running backs, 
primarily Pierre Strong, right? Pierre Strong is the guy, you know, had the fastest 40 of the combine for, you know, for a running back. Really showed some explosiveness to South Dakota, but it was South Dakota. The real question is, and the reason why these guys don't typically play as rookies is because they don't have the pass pro, right? They can't do the pass projection at the NFL level. Sony Michelle played his rookie year because he had the pass projection as rookie year, right? He was already at that level. And so uh, I don't know if Pierre Strong is. I've heard he's a willing blocker. Um, they say that he did, you know, his tape looks good, but he was playing at South Dakota. Like the question is, is he going to be able to do that at the NFL level right away? I don't know if that's the case. And so someone was asking about, you know, which rookies could get redshirted. Obviously, you know, you look at the later round pick guys and you're thinking most of those guys will get redshirted. I think that, you know, the running backs are really, really in strong contention to be those guys, right? Kevin Harris, you know, and I think it depends on, I think it depends on how healthy white is. I don't know if he'll be ready for week one. Right. Um, and really, the only rookie running backs that really played and played a significant role under Bill Belichick were, from the top of my head, Maroney and Michelle, both first-round picks. Right. Um, so it was kind of, I don't want to say weird, but I think it showed how ahead of schedule Ramondre Stevenson was to come in and play as much as he did as a fourth-round pick. But if you can remember, it did take him some time, right? He fumbled week one. He was a healthy yep. scratch the next few weeks or kind of in and out of the lineup. Um, when White went down, it's, hey, you're in, right? So um, I think that could be kind of a role where Strong can kind of help them, maybe helps a little bit on special teams. Um, if White's not ready, you know, third down back as a fourth round rookie might be a lot for him to handle, especially with the pass protection duties you, that comes with that role. Um, but as, as far as, you know, the strong pick goes, Damian Harris is a free agent at the end of the year, right? So is that mm-hmm. kind of their, hey, we're reloading with two power backs, guys that can run between the tackles and make things happen at the second level with Stevenson and Strong. Um, but I think this year you're looking at Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, kind of a 60 40 type of split um similar to what you saw last year i mean like you said bolden is no longer in the question we saw how they used him in spurts mm-hmm. um if, if strong it can is shown he's capable of that i think that'd be a great role for him as a rookie but with those two there it's going to be tough for him to find you know meaningful snaps at least right now right so right um, yeah no i so think that'd true. be a similar role for him as a rookie brandon bolden type right right and it you know makes sense i mean like you say you know typically the guys that are getting that play are early round guys. Right. And so, you know, it's asking a lot to ask Pierre strong to make a jump from South Dakota and all of a sudden be good at pass direction and be able to get out on routes and catch the ball and everything like that. So I do think that we'll see a lot more from Ramondre Stevenson about that. Uh, we did have a few, I'm going to kind of lump another few questions together because we had a question about Ramondre being maybe the lead back this year. And then also someone asked about any big moves that the Patriots might make and so we can talk about other big moves maybe that, that we might see. But but to me, and you know, I'll kind of start with this one. To me, I think the only situation that you see Ramondre Stevenson maybe getting that lead back role is if, because you mentioned that Damian Harris in the final year of his contract, the Patriots do not typically, typically at least, do not pay running backs. So is there a possibility, and I think that there is, that they move on from Damian Harris if they can get some serious value back for him do they trade him before his contract runs out? And then they say, hey, we're okay with Mondre as our number one back and, you know, Pierre Strong as our number two back, let's say, right? Yeah, or Kevin Harris or whatever. I, I, think I think it's very, very unlikely. I think the more likely situation was would be, hey, we might only have this guy for one more year. Let's run him wild, right? Like, right. you know, get the most use out of him you can. But I also think, too, I mean, if you maybe were to ask me last year, I would have had a different opinion. But 
I think they view him as somebody that they want that they want to be here for the first year build future. And I think him too, yeah. you saw how much he um, was involved in the community, the other sports, how much he's, you know, he's on NBC sports, Boston, a lot of the pregame for the Bruins and Celtics down the stretch talking about kind of want to being here and how mm-hmm. special it is to play here. Right. I think you could see something like a, you know, obviously different roles and he probably demand a little bit more money, but you know, James White, right. Just a running back that, Whenever he's up for contract, you kind of assume, hey, this guy's going to be back. Like, I could see Damian Harris being that type of guy for the foreseeable future, a big part of their culture going forward. And I think that that kind of came together over the last year or so, obviously coming off a monster year, but this offseason as well, being heavily involved in the community. Um, I think that's a guy that I'd love for him to stay. I think that's a – and you – you don't have to, you know, run them like crazy. You get Ramondre Stevens in behind him and you have Pierre Strong. But I think that running back room – uh, will be very interesting to play out not only this year, but as we kind of, as the year goes on, see how they're using guys, maybe how they value the position going forward. I I tell you what, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, you know, I know I, I mentioned that he they could theoretically yeah, move on right. from, I just think that, you know, first of all, it's a running back. You're not going to get a ton of value back for that anyways. And so like whatever value you're going to get back, could, I, I don't see how that could be equal to the value that he's going to have. A, on your football team in the locker room because he seems like a leader out there. And then B, on the field, right? Because he scored 15 touchdowns last year. He was dependable. Now, he fumbled a few times at big moments, uh, you know, twice in the in the red zone. One of them cost him, you know, the game in the first week of the season. But, you know, he's a guy that I think that they that they have grown to really be able to rely on. And I'd be surprised if they moved on from him. And and you may be right where they might say, hey, look, man, we want to keep you around long term. Obviously, we got to make the money work, right? But we'd like to keep you around long term and, and kind of see where that goes. Now, again, does that mean that they're going to necessarily sign him for whatever they want? No, of course. But, you know, that could be a situation where he says, hey, I like it here. I like playing here. You know, no one's going to throw massive money at me. No one's going to throw, you know, Alvin Kamara money at me or Derrick Henry money at me. I might just stay here and yeah, sure. I'll take a little bit of a hometown discount, but so what, you know, I'm happy and I'm getting the ball and I'm, I'm playing well and you know, you can kind of go from there. So, so, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens um, with that. So anyway, so there's two other, uh, two other questions we're going to mash together. The, uh, people asked about uh, the, what the wide receiver room looks like. And then someone also mentioned Tyler Lamb mentioned that, you know, he likes what, what the skill position looks like right now. And, and a lot of people crap on the, on the skill position, but to me, you know, I'm kind of in agreement with him where, yeah, we may not have necessarily a number one guy, but you look at the guys there, that are there. Yeah. We have, yeah, you get you get Parker, you get Myers, you get Bourne, you get Aguilar, you get Thornton, you got, you know, Wilkerson, Ty Montgomery, you know, tra- even Trey Nixon, who who popped in OTAs, who's my guy. Everyone knows he's my guy, right? And so, um, and so to me, I think I think that, that makes sense to me, where, you know, yeah, maybe we don't have a number one guy, but if you got three or four number twos, it may not be, you know, it's not going to be one of the best wide receiver cores in the league, but like you're going to be able to be competitive at least. You you won 10 games with the group you had last year. And I think you improved mightily. Um, and I think that group last year, I think overachieved, right? Kendrick Bourne had a career year. Kendrick, yep. uh, Jacoby Myers continued to, to develop into a, you know, a solid number two and a, and a good option out of the slot. You went out and you got Devontae Parker and improved your X position, which I think was their biggest, you know, flaw over the last few years, even dating back, well, they had, you know, Brandon Cooks for a year, but even before that, right, they really never had a true threat outside the numbers. 
Um, and then you factor in the, the draft pick of Tyquan Thornton, right? Now, I think everybody's kind of in agreement now that, hey, this is their guy, but obviously it dates back to draft night. And I love kind of pulling that up, right? Like yeah. you wanted speed for years, you got the fastest guy, right? And, right. you know, if you can't make 4-2-8 play, I don't, I, you could bring in Justin Jefferson right now and maybe he doesn't pan out, right? So right. Uh, I think it all comes down to the development um, and, and the way they use him. And if they can figure out a way to kind of, you know, utilize him to his strengths, maybe get the ball in him in space, like, you know, shallow crossers, scheme some things up for him, right? Like things we called about for years for Nikhil Harry, right? Put him in a situation to succeed and, and do that. Um, I think that's the biggest thing they'll look for for him. But the group for a whole, super satisfied. And they have depth, right? Like, you know, in years past, if mm-hmm. one of those guys were to go down, right, the offense ran through Julian Edelman and, you know, Gronk was a shell of himself, right? If one of those guys were to go down, I think they have enough pieces and enough versatility to be able to make it work and, and not really necessarily miss a beat. Right. Uh, from a week to week standpoint. So, yeah, no, I agree. Could, couldn't agree more, you know, and that's, and that's the thing with me and the Thornton thing. Listen, I wrote, I wrote about it uh, a few weeks ago. Like they've, they've failed at that position multiple times over and over and over and over again. And they had an opportunity where they saw the, they saw her coming off the board. They saw things happening, but at the end of the day, right. They chose the wrong guy and that's, and that's happened. And you're going to have to live with that. Right. But like you go, at some point, either you trust Bill or you don't, right? Like he saw her coming. We talked about, we've talked about this, uh, you know, uh, multiple times, but you saw it coming. They saw, they read the draft exactly right. They read it exactly right. They knew what run of wide receivers were coming. They traded in front of it. They drafted the guy they wanted. Did they draft the right guy? We don't know. But like either you trust them or you don't. Like at a certain point, it's like I wanted George Pickens too. I was calling for George Pickens at 29, <laughs> right? Like they had him at 50 and they didn't draft him. But they got the guy that they wanted. And so as far as I'm concerned, right now, let's trust them. And then hopefully it isn't a bust like the other ones have been. And we'll see what happens, you know. So, um, all right, let's flip over to the to the defense side of the ball. We get at Sugar Ricky is asking, which off-ball linebackers do you see the Patriots going with once the regular season starts? Of course, uh, fraught with, out, with, with off-ball linebackers. Most of them young. All of them inexperienced. We've only really watched one guy play off by a linebacker on the Patriots roster right now, and that is Juwan Bentley. So there's a lot of question marks, but uh, who do you think are, are going to be the guys to be playing the most once the season starts? Yeah, I mean, Josh Uche got a lot of buzz um, from both Bill Belichick and Steven Belichick. I think that's a guy that they look to being a, a big part of their defense this year. I think that's a guy that, you know, battled some injuries early on. Obviously, last year they brought back Kyle Van Noy. Jamie Collins, Hightower was in the mix. I know he typically plays in the middle, but um, somebody that was kind of buried on a depth chart. Um, I think that's a guy that this year should have a big role, right? And all depends on camp and, and who pops. I really like Cameron McGrone. I've been beating that drum for two years. I think that's a player that can really help them. Yep. Um, and Raekwon McMillan as well. We saw him play a little bit in the middle last training camp in the very limited time we saw him. I think he tore his ACL one of the on the first week. Uh, even yep. before pads. So they got a good mix of guys. It's kind of, I think that's the biggest question mark. I think on paper and from what we've seen in limited, you know, looks and snaps, it looks okay. But I think that's a group that what used to be a real strength of new England's defense will have a lot of new faces and a lot of moving pieces, but I think they got more athletic. Obviously high tower is, uh, he's unsigned. I mean, who knows about his future, kind of what, what holds there. I think I'm sure if he had a spot here um, or, you know, if they came calling, he'd come play. I don't know what the whole deal is there, but 
Um, Bentley, I think maybe shift into the middle. We saw him do that the year Hightower opted out. And then, like I said, guys like McMillan, Uche, um, even Ronnie Perkins, uh, who knows if he's kind of coming off the edge or they'll use him in a little bit more of an off-ball role. Um, so I think they have the youth and the, the athleticism. It's just now can these guys go out there and, and kind of prove their worth and, and show the hype that they were given, you know, coming out of school and, um, you know, coming into year two for right. like a guy like McMillan. So Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And, that, and, that's, and that's where you're at right now. A lot of question marks, right? We don't know how any of these guys are going to be, but is, you know, we're talking about getting faster and getting more athletic. That's what we're talking about. That's where the league's headed. Well, if that's where the league's headed, that's what you want. You got Raekwon McGowan. You got Cam McGrone. You got Josh Uchey. You're talking about, you know, like faster, more athletic. That's what you're talking about. That's what you got, right? Now, again, we haven't seen those guys play, so it's a huge question mark. But, I mean, that's what we ask. That's what we're asking for. That's what we're getting. Right. And so at a certain point, again, it just looks like let's just, let's, you know, let's see what, let's see what happens, but I'm excited about it. I'm nervous about it, but I'm also excited about it. And so, so we'll, uh, we'll see what happens there. All right. One, one question about Nikhil Harry. We're just going to skip over the Nikhil Harry question. Nikhil Harry will not be on the team this year. I can just, I will, I will put that down in Sharpie. Nikhil Harry will not be on the team this year. It just doesn't, doesn't make sense. They get too many wide receivers unless they get the training camp with them and someone goes down with an injury, which at this point, they might just be waiting for training camp and just say, screw it. Someone's going to go down with an injury or someone the Patriots will go down with an injury or someone, someone else will go down with an injury and they'll be able to move him for something, right? So that's kind of where I look at it. Like, we're going to cut this guy. Hey, you're going to cut that guy. Let's just flip these two guys, right? I, I would expect something like that to happen. We'll see, but that's what I assume is going to happen with him. The, the last question that we'll get to here um, is about um, well, Cole Strange. Yeah, no, where they make cap room. That's that's where they're going to get it from is Nikhil Harry, a few other guys. They'll move mo- some money around. But the Maybe last a question, Matthew Judon restructure or something like that. Right. That's, that'll yep. be in the works. Exactly, exactly. Uh, the last question we had was about the roster construction, and there were two guys in particular that people were asking if they'll make the 53, and that is Brian Hoyer and, um, and Jake Bailey. Now, Jake Bailey... Again, going into the final year of his contract, Brian Horry is Brian Horry. He's 96 years old. Like, you know, he's younger than Brady still, but but nevertheless, you know. I think in terms of Bailey, yes, and that's some way you can create some cap room. I'm not a cap guru, but just kind of looking at the roster, a Jake Bailey extension can kind of lower that cap hit, right? You can move some money around. I think that's their – they didn't address the punting position. I know they brought in an undrafted free agent um, who was there – in, in OTAs, I'm sure he'll be there kind of as a camp body, but that's his position. Yep. Everybody was kind of down on his play after, you know, a Pro Bowl season the year before. I think he battled that knee injury. Um, so keep an eye on an extension for Bailey coming through um, that, that can certainly open up some cap room. Um, and as, as far as Hoyer goes, um, yeah, I mean, they brought him back, right? So uh, that's a guy that, right, Max in year two, you got to, Bailey Zappi is a fourth-round pick as a rookie. He's still learning, right? You, you kind of still need a veteran presence in that room. Um, you know, obviously there's some gymnastics you can do with, like, you know, if he gets cut, he doesn't have to go through waivers, and they can make things work at, at cut-down day in terms of, like, IR and guys and, and creating space, right? So, yeah, maybe he gets cut like he did at training camp last year and re-signed, but I think that's a guy that you keep on. And, you know, maybe he doesn't dress every game, but he's certainly there in, in terms of a mentoring role. I know – um, maybe it depends on how far Mac is advanced 
But I think with a lot of new faces on offense in terms of the coaching staff, it'd be good to have some um, familiarity with, with Hoyer being there and somebody that's kind of seen it from all different angles at, at, at multiple different spots. So I would say yes to Brian Hoyer. And for Bailey, yes. And I think an extension should be coming. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think, you know, Zappy's a guy – I wouldn't be surprised to see Hoyer dress every week because and the biggest reason for me is because if you have Hoyer, God forbid something happens to Mac, right? Something has to come in. He gets hurt for, you know, a series has to come up. Do you want Bailey Zappa going, going in? I, I just, to me, I look at it and say, well, Hoyer is the backup, right? And Zappy's the third string guy. Yeah, and so Zappy kind of, you know, in a mid game, Brian Hoyer. But I think if you had a week or a few weeks to prepare, you probably, and that's a zappy just because of the talent, right? 100%. 100%. And that, that's, you know, so for me, it's like on game day, Hoyer should probably be the backup. Now, there is a possibility now because, you, like you mentioned, you can cut Hoyer. He can end up on the practice squad. You could put him on the practice squad, which you could do, right? Now, are they going to want to do – they might be. They might want to do that. They might be impressed with Zappy during the, during the you know, training camp. They might say, hey, look. I mean, Stidham did it three years ago, similar situation when he was a fourth-round right. rookie, beat out Hoyer. And yep. he ended up getting signed by Indy and actually played a little bit that year. Obviously, different situations. Right? Of course, right. But yes, but, right. Same same idea, right? Where you could you could cut Hoyer and say, listen, stay on the practice squad. Yeah, we want you still here, but we're just going to put you on the practice squad so we can save a roster spot. We'll pay you whatever you want, but we're just going to put you on the practice squad to you know to kind of keep that going. So I uh, I think I think in reality, that's the only way that Hoyer doesn't make the 53. I think it makes sense for Hoyer to make the 53. Maybe he doesn't simply because He's on the practice squad, but I expect Hoyer to be in New England this year, uh, one way or the other. So, so we'll see. But uh, that's all we got. It seems like seems like uh, the chat's quiet with that. We got a few miscellaneous shoutouts. Appreciate appreciate my uh, my kids over there. So thank you for that. And um, that's it. So I think. So I think we'll. Camp. Yeah, I was gonna say I think we'll probably be off until training camp uh, again. Uh, certainly won't do we won't do one next week and and uh, maybe we'll do one the week before training camp although I might be away that week too so so I got a few I got a few vacations coming up uh, but nevertheless um, we'll be back certainly around training camp we appreciate you guys uh, coming through thank you and uh, and we'll talk to you soon today's episode is brought to you by cars.com with over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.